0: Hello and welcome to this podcast is rigged with J.W. Riggs. I have a great guest today, Jacob Chase. Uh, You have probably seen his newest movie come play. It's a great movie. Uh, I I really enjoyed it. It's really cool. Um, So how are you doing today, Jacob? I'm doing
1: great. Thanks for uh, having me on here.
0: (laughs) Oh, no, um, it's just I really like the movie. It's really cool. So thank you it's definitely it's really good it's it's up there i'm not a big horror movie fan but it's up there in the horror movies that i've seen
1: so awesome well i I appreciate that i mean i think it's a movie that uh hopefully um you know people who love horror movies or not both respond to
0: uh i i really enjoyed concept and everything i thought it was really cool and uh i love the direction you went with it and everything
1: Fantastic. That's very, it's very nice to hear you connected with it. Um,
0: now, uh, first off, before I uh, start with the questions, I just wanted to say, um, Adam Wiley, who's been a guest on the podcast before, and he's a good friend of mine, wanted uh, me to tell you hello.
1: So, (laughs) (laughs) that's very nice. Uh, yeah, Adam and I have been friends for, for many years since we were both like eight and nine years old, I believe. Um, We were both uh, Chip and Beating the Beast back in the day.
0: Uh, But um, so I guess uh, let's go ahead and uh, jump into this. So how did you get into um, how did you get into, I guess. How did you get into show business? I guess I was going to say directing, but I mean, let's start with show business. How did you get into all of that?
1: Sure. Uh, Yeah, I, you know, I I was a kid. I I, I just loved um, Disneyland. Uh, I grew up in Southern California. Uh, My parents, not in the industry at all, but they did take me to Disneyland and I would uh, sort of get obsessed with the shows that were there and the parades, um, didn't care as much about the rides. And I kind of just kept asking my parents if I could do that. Like, I just want to be on stage and um, and then when uh, sort of a regional production of a, a local version of Peter Pan was being put on, I asked my mom if I could audition for it. She finally agreed, and I got a role as a lost boy, and I was like absolutely hooked from that point, point. Uh, and, and so I, I kept doing the acting thing for, for many years as a kid, and I loved it, uh, and then when I started acting in TV and film is where I realized Sort of what goes on behind the scenes and where my true passion lies which is sort of in the storytelling element of it more than the performing aspect of it so you know really from a very uh uh young age i i kind of knew what i wanted to do and and have been relentlessly pursuing it ever since to a fault and uh uh you know luckily it's it's working because i don't know what else i would be uh, qualified to do at this point <laughs>
0: oh. So, no, that's really cool. Um, I've thought about going into that stuff. I mean, I've really thought about writing and directing, but um, I'm still trying to kind of write, but this is kind of my... The podcast is kind of my way to still be involved in that stuff, even though... So, yeah, it's just like...
1: The great thing about writing is you can do it at the same time as you do anything else, you know? Like, I I was... I mean, I was writing for, for years and years before I ever got paid to write. And, um, you know, it, that's, you can get better and better doing it before anyone actually hires you. And you can do whatever other job, you know. I mean, I was working in food service at some point. I was, I was a PA in reality television. I was an editor for a long time. And throughout all of it, I was still writing. So, you know, it's, it's a good uh, goal to have, I think, for you.
0: Uh, I mean, it's just, uh, I have a little bit of a story, so I just wanted to, like, kind of write on that with, because my family has a little bit of stories. My brother was at St. Jude Children's Research Hospital for a little bit, so just kind of, that's always kind of what I wanted to write on with that.
1: Mm. So. That's very interesting. Yeah, it's always good to write what you know, you know, and, and what you have a personal connection to.
0: Oh, mm-hmm. uh, now, uh, let's go back to uh, Come Play. So, now, for those of you that haven't seen it, there are spoilers for the movie Come Play. So, uh, what was your inspiration for this movie?
1: Um, Well, I had made a a short film called Larry. Larry, Um, I loved that.
0: I I watched that before I watched the movie. I really enjoyed it.
1: Oh, thank you. Um, Yeah, I mean, I made that very much... You know, the, the reality is, you know, when you're making short films, you don't have a ton of money or, you know, time. And so I, I came up with a story as something that I could do very cheaply with a limited amount of people. I mean, there's one actor and then another actor is playing Larry um, in an abandoned parking lot. So it, uh, uh, it was the simplest idea I could have. I had this costume of Larry that I had made for a haunted house that I used to run for, for many years, um, that it was just kind of sitting in my garage. And yeah, so I mean, the, the short film very much came out of what I had access to. And then uh, when, when that short film sort of got uh, some attention, which I'm very grateful for, and, and mm-hmm. the opportunity came about to adapt it into a feature you know, I, I sort of took the core idea of the short and, and um, tried to figure out like who would be the best people to kind of put in a situation with Larry and, and that would be the scariest. Um, and then simultaneously, my, my wife uh, works with kids on the spectrum and I would long been wanting to sort of write a movie about a kid with autism. And uh, I realized it was sort of the perfect story for, for that character, you know, a character who was nonverbal, um, who needed his devices to communicate with the world. And then those devices turn on him in, in the form of this monster. Um, it just sort of worked perfectly together. It became this family story very much um, in line with my favorite Amblin movies growing up. Uh, and, and so, yeah, that's, that's sort of where the, the impetus of, of the idea came from and, you know, I, I had a blast writing it. I, I, you know, it was something that was very emotionally important to me. Um, and and I, I, yeah, I hope people connect with it. <laughs>
0: uh, no, I, I really enjoyed it. Um, for me, not being a big horror fan, I really enjoyed it. And I did see kind of aspects of how maybe E.T. or something like that could have inspired it a little bit. So, um, but I wasn't sure. I kind of thought about that.
1: Yeah, I mean, look, our, our E.T., of course, is, like, one of my favorite films of all time. It's, I mean, Steven Spielberg's whole career is, like, a giant E.T. inspiration uh, for me. So, um, definitely, some of that E.T. stuff seeps into the, into the film. You know, on set, we would talk about, like, you know, the differences. Like, this is what if E.T. wants to kill you. And, uh, uh, you know, so it obviously takes on a different spin. But, but the, the thing that's great about sort of those early Amblin films, including E.T., is that they treat their characters, their, their kid characters, especially with respect and as the sort of fully fleshed out human beings that, that we all are as kids. doesn't look down on kids. You know, I, I wanted to make something that felt like kids were the stars of the film, but not, not a kid's movie per se. Um, but, you know, ultimately, hopefully everyone can kind of get something out of it.
0: Uh, i mean i really enjoyed it and something i realized was the uh the use of spongebob i really enjoyed that as i grew up on spongebob so mm. um how did that kind of come into it like the use of spongebob in the movie
1: yeah uh spongebob was always in the script so i was very lucky that i was able to convince the viacom nickelodeon people to let me use spongebob as much as i did um it, it came out of my research. Uh, I did a lot of research with, with kids with autism, uh, met a lot of kids. I would shadow them, just kind of have interviews, talk to them, um, and, and parents as well. And I, and I kept coming up, you know, running into not just SpongeBob, but there was a lot of kids who um, really loved certain TV shows, whether it was SpongeBob or Thomas the Tank Engine or something else like there was there was a comfort uh with, with watching the same episodes over and over again and a, a real joy. And and I also found that some of the most loving parents, some of the ones that had the best connections with their kids were ones that like really used those. Um, those things the kids love, those TV shows to sort of go into their world and, and learn more about their kids, communicate with them in a, in a specific way. And, and so that's where that came from. Like, you know, wanting to find a, a way for for mom to be able to connect with with Oliver in the film in an interesting way and, and also, you know, give some realism and some specificity to the character. Uh, I mean, there's other things too. I mean, SpongeBob to me is is a very idealistic um uh, very well-meaning character. He's someone that uh, uh, has very little guile. He's he's not mean to anybody, right? He doesn't have a bad bone in his body, and and that it just felt a lot like how I saw Oliver, and so there was a sort of emotional connection there um, between the two of them. Uh, so yeah, for all of those reasons, and then in addition to me just liking SpongeBob and the humor of it uh, juxtaposing against the horror, uh, for all those reasons, you know that's why he's in the movie.
0: <laughs> no, that's really cool. I really
1: thought that was awesome.
0: Um, but uh, no, I really enjoyed it because I feel like uh we need more movies kind of with the realization of or kind of more awareness for autism and stuff. Is it honestly doesn't get the awareness that it needs? So I really enjoyed that. Yeah,
1: I mean, I thanks. It's uh, yeah, it's not something we see much of. Um, and and look, I mean, for me, it was the. It was important that Oliver, you know, had autism, but, but was so much more than that. You know, that's just one part of, of who he is as a character. Um, you know, he, he himself, uh, kind of like Spongebob, is like very well-meaning and like sees the best in people and like has uh, just a very, uh, uh, you know, great moral compass and all that. So it, so it was, you know, the, the autism part was sort of part of him, um, but it was always important that it wasn't all of him. Um, so, uh, how was
0: working with the cast?
1: Yeah, working with the cast was, <laughs> it was great. <laughs> um, I mean, that's the, the, one of the best parts of filmmaking is just like getting to kind of see those words you wrote come to life and, and, and become more nuanced and, and keep working on it with, with the cast. Cause obviously a, a cast is always going to have their own unique spin on things. And, and you want that, right? You want people to bring their own life experience. So I mean it was awesome i don't know like like each one has their own ways of working i mean gillian is so like loves being hands-on she's a director herself so she like was super into doing the cool like long wonder takes that i would do and um you know getting things really perfect and right uh john was you know has a theater background and um which is how you know i initially know him and and he's an amazing actor and very much is more about the realism of just the moment and like sort of getting in it and then edgy who plays uh oliver like You know, he's obviously a young kid, but has worked a surprising amount in his young age. Um, So very professional, but still a kid. And so it was really important to me to create like a fun um, area for all the kids. You know, I remembered when I was an actor as a child, like, you know, what I liked when directors would do and what I disliked. And and I never wanted to feel like he was working. You know, I wanted to always feel like this is a fun thing we're all doing. We're getting to play with this big puppet, this big monster, (laughs) we're getting to run around this house. Um, and of course, like, there's a lot of emotion and he's, like, he's an actor who's, like, super in touch with his emotions and his imagination. Um, but but really, Edgy, I mean, he did, I, I, you know, we did so much work, like, taking him to meet all these kids on the spectrum and and working with a movement coach and um, just really sort of diving into who that character was. And he just has so much empathy that that he's wonderful.
0: Yeah, um... But uh, no, I mean, my favorite part of the movie was definitely the characters. I just, I really felt like they were characters you could kind of somewhat relate to. So I think you did great with that.
1: That's wonderful. Yeah,
0: thank you. Uh, Now, on to my next question. Who's your favorite person that you've ever been able to work with?
1: (laughs) I can't can't say that because I love everybody I've worked with. um i mean i will say that i've been very i was very grateful uh to work with steven spielberg on this movie obviously i mean that's i think everyone will understand if i say him um yes. uh, lately he, he uh, was absolutely wonderful um came into the process in a few key moments um uh you know sort of in the script phase would give notes on the script um which was fascinating and wonderful and then you know after we shot he he came into the edit a few times and and i got you know that was definitely one of my favorite days of the whole process was just him like sitting on the couch with me and like going over the movie and him giving his notes and trying different things um and him getting all excited about you know how the creature moves and stuff (laughs) Uh, it was, uh, yeah, it was crazy. Definitely a pinch-me kind of moment, um, dream come true. I don't know how I top that on on the next movies.
0: <laughs> uh, but no, Steven Spielberg just seems like he's a really nice guy. So.
1: He is. Uh, uh, very nice, but obviously also incredibly talented and and just the, the absolute master of blocking and uh, uh, storytelling and pacing. Like, I just, it really doesn't get better, so it was it was very special to get to know him in, in any small way
0: um I guess uh, I was gonna ask who's your uh who's your who's a person that kind of inspir uh, who's your inspiration for becoming a director but uh, I guess that was kind of answered a little bit but if you would like to go on more with that you can
1: yeah i mean I, I love a lot of directors i mean Spielberg is certainly um up there but you know i'm I'm a big fan of like JJ Abrams and his career, Matt Reeves, uh, uh, Denny, I mean, obviously like Nolan. I mean, when I was growing up, like PT Anderson was sort of my jam and I still love PT Anderson movies. I think I'm not like, uh, necessarily following in that career at the moment. Um, but, but I love, I just love movies. So like, there's so many different filmmakers I love. And honestly, like, as I've gotten older, I think I've, 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 I'm less um, sort of in awe of the auteur directors. I mean, I am, and like, they're incredible, and I could only dream of having those careers, but I think I'm just knowing how <laughs> difficult, excuse me, <laughs> this career is. Like, uh, I, I admire more the, the sort of workmen or workwoman, like people of the of the industry, the people that just like, maybe you don't know their names, but like they just keep churning out good movies and, and get to keep working. Um, you know, it's... It's just so hard to get movies made. So, like, when anyone does, I, I sort of appreciate them and admire them. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Just kind of anyone that, that works is pretty inspirational, to be honest.
0: But, uh, no, that's that's really cool. I mean, when I was younger, that was definitely something I really wanted to do was direct. I'm still, that's still kind of, like, in the back of my head.
1: But uh I'm when going you were younger. How old are you right now? Seventeen. <laughs> so <laughs> okay. or almost seventeen. You got, you yeah. got plenty of time, yeah. dude. I mean, uh
0: definitely uh the career that I plan on going into is uh is preaching and I want to do something with communication. So kind of like what I'm doing now. So, mm-hmm. <laughs> with the podcast and everything. So nice. Um but um I had another question. Uh, but no, I mean just I love just like movies to where the director just kind of where they're able to put their dreams out there like right on the screen because 10 20 years ago you didn't always see that now I'm glad that's being able to come true and it starts with like a short film like Larry so
1: yeah I mean you know it's definitely easier now than ever I'm far from the first person to say this but but easier now to uh, to make stuff, you know. I mean, when I was like in film school and stuff, we were still shooting on film, and like, you know, it was a lot uh, uh, more challenging to to make things. And even in, you know, and it was still easier than in the '70s or something. But um, but you know, right now, I mean, you can literally shoot anything you want at any time, and so making stuff and putting it on the internet is like, you know, that's the way right now to to get noticed i feel like and you know you i mean david Sandberg's a perfect example right like like he made lights out and a bunch of other great horror shorts um where he was living not in the states and and they got so popular that he you know got to make movies and and i think you know if you can make something that's super short you know i think under 10 minutes used to be like the goal, right? Like when I was making short films sort of in college and after it was like 10 minutes or less short film. Now I feel like it's like, you know, three minutes or less is like the ideal short film, just because we have such short attention spans and like you want it to be able to be shared really easily. Um, but if you can make something awesome in three minutes that people want to share and talk about, then like you will get your chance uh, most likely to make something bigger.
0: Oh, that's, that's really cool. I mean, um, so what's sort of, do you have any advice for uh, for younger people who are wanting to become uh, directors and writers or...
1: I mean you know I will say first like one guy's advice is always just one guy's advice like listen to lots of people but I you know it's just honestly like I you know I have a lot of friends that are successful at this point and I have friends that aren't but like the ones that are successful the thing they all have in common I have found um is not that they're the most talented people I know. A lot of them are, for sure, very talented. Um, but I have a ton of very talented friends that also like have not succeeded. The ones that have succeeded are the ones that just work really freaking hard. Like they just never stop. That like make a ton of stuff, either writing or directing. Um, you know, it takes, it's a numbers game, I think, the industry. Uh, And, and, you know, the people you idolize or the, you know, I think that in film school, they're taught to idolize like the sort of P.T. Andersons and stuff um, who are amazing. Uh, Those are the very few and far between careers. Like the, the ones that, that actually are, are more common are the ones who have just like written a ton of scripts. And like, finally, like the 20th one they've written gets noticed that gets them to like, You know, get hired to write an adaptation of a book or something that that the studio wants to make, and that leads to something else. I mean, that's what my career was, right? Like I had written a ton of spec scripts that did not get made, but like finally, I they got me other jobs in the studio system, and I kept writing and writing and writing scripts, and and some would get close to getting made, and then wouldn't, and then uh, Come Play got made, and it's like on the outside it seems like oh, it's like this. studio movie like great but it's like that's not you know that's hiding hiding behind that is 10 years of like movies almost getting made in the studio system um and and not so point being it just it takes a lot of work you just keep trying and you keep going and for me i've found it's helpful to like try not to you know think of the age as much you know i i I'm victim of this sometimes where I get really bummed out and like realizing how old I am and how I'm not as far along in my career that as I would like to be. But like, especially, you know, even when I was in my twenties and stuff, I'd be like, Oh, these, these guys like made these movies before they were 30. And, and, you know, I, I think you have to try as best you can to not think about other people's career and put your own career, like be in competition with yourself and not other people. Um, and just keep making stuff. I don't know. Like I've made so many short films, and like none of them have been turned into features until Larry. And I think a lot of those other short films are better short films than Larry. And uh, you know, they just didn't connect in a way for for people for whatever reason. So it's just, yeah, a numbers game, I guess.
0: Okay, um, but no, that's great advice. I mean, um, just keep. I guess just kind of keep doing what you're doing is, I guess, kind of what a lot of people just need to keep in their head is just keep going. And eventually you'll, you'll get to that. So,
1: well, and keep going and get better. I mean, like, you know, learn from your mistakes, right? (laughs) Like, like, don't, um, don't just be static and make a bunch of the same thing and be like, what the hell is, why am I not getting anywhere? But, you know, obviously, like, theoretically, your stuff will just naturally get better, as long as you're able to be self, um, reflective on on your own material either a script or a short film or something um you know listen to people's opinions not not always I mean you know you don't listen to the internet comments but I mean (laughs) listen to your friends you trust um and you know I know there's lots I will do differently next time I, I get to make a movie um you know, there's a lot I'm very proud of in, in come play and, and of course I'm a perfectionist. So like I see flaws too. And I'm like, I want to do better. So, and that's been the case with everything I've ever written. Um, uh, definitely like my writing now is like tremendously better than it was when I started writing. Um, and, and it's, you know, I still can do better. So I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, you will only improve by, by doing in my opinion. But,
0: um, no, that's awesome. Now, uh, let's go back to something you said before you were uh, talking that you, you said, uh, you're talking about the haunted houses. You used to work at a haunted house. Um, I used to actually, I did something called zombie hunt. So it's similar in a way, mm-hmm. but I got shot with paintballs in a zombie costume. So, <laughs> wow. Uh, so I've just, I've always loved stuff like that. And uh, I plan on helping with a uh, haunted house soon in the next few years. So, that's
1: awesome. I love Haunted Houses. If I wasn't a filmmaker, that's what I would be doing full time is making Haunted Houses.
0: But uh, no, I mean, when I worked for uh, the zombie hunt stuff, it was basically I would put on a suit and a zombie mask. So like a padding, it was basically just padding and a zombie mask. And I would just go out there, get shot with paintballs for about four hours straight. And <laughs> yeah, so yeah, and try to scare people. Wow. But yeah, it was it was fun. It was a lot of fun for for what it was.
1: Yeah, that sounds awesome. I I would uh, I love paintballing too. So that's like combining two things that I I definitely enjoy doing. Although but, I haven't paintballed since I was a kid. So
0: <laughs> the bad thing is I couldn't have a paintball gun in my hand. I was just getting shot at. Right. <laughs> right. Uh, it would have been much better if I would have been able to to, to shoot them. With paintball. <laughs> that's funny um but uh i think we still have a few more minutes left um is there anything that you would like anything else that you would like to talk about or promote before we sign off
1: oh gosh uh you're throwing the ball in my court uh (laughs) i i don't know i mean i you know look i i hope people watch the the film it's it's available um everywhere you you buy or rent your movies now um, which is which is cool uh Definitely glad that it's out that way. You know, it's it came out during a pandemic in theaters, which was not ideal, obviously. Um, so, so I'm glad that now it's available. You know, on digital and stuff, and Blu-ray. Um, yeah, I don't know. Uh, I, I'm. If you have any other questions for me, I'm happy to, to to answer, man. But I don't know what else to promote at this point. Um, you know, I'm obviously working away on the next things. Awesome. Uh, now uh one other question i was looking
0: i was doing some more research and i saw you were in an episode of boy meets world how was working on that show
1: (laughs) oh goodness that was i was very young at that point so it was a long (laughs) time ago i mean i remember having a good a good time uh doing it i think i think that was the only like live audience sitcom i did as an actor so that was i remember liking that it was um Felt like theater a little bit again you know because i I still like theater is still kind of my number one passion um and like making musicals is my dream uh musical movies uh and uh and so i remember as an actor there it feeling like an element of what i loved about theater you know being able to perform in in front of a live audience uh but yeah i mean there's there's a lot i don't remember about about the experience, uh, just because I was, you know, a kid, and that was a long time ago. Um, but uh, but yeah, I was always, you know, I, I did like acting a lot as a kid. I mean, that's how this all started, um, and that's not that's not for me anymore, but, you know, if I hadn't have done it, I wouldn't have known how much I loved all the behind-the-scenes stuff. No, that's, uh,
0: that's cool, man. I mean, uh, Boy Meets World, of course, I grew up watching it, even though it was on before I was born a little bit. So, but I have yeah. two older siblings who got me into all that type of stuff. And that's why I love stuff like, well, my shirt. Um, I'm wearing a Hercules shirt. So, yeah, uh, I just love anything nostalgic from the 90s. So, it's like people keep telling me I was born 20 years way too late. So, <laughs> <laughs> actually, that's what Adam Wiley tells me is I just, I that's funny from the 90s. So,
1: Uh, Uh, yeah, no, I mean, it's, it's great that you have that sort of affinity for, for culture that, that came before your time. And, and I'm sure you also just know a lot more about current culture than I do. You know, I get very, uh, uh, confused about like humor on TikTok and stuff and, and, and I, it makes me feel very old, uh, but I think knowing that stuff is important for the next generation of storytellers, you know, and if you are writing stuff it's like you're able to speak to not only the older generation but the younger generation, which I, I think is wonderful
0: No, That's, uh, that's great um, Thank you for being on the podcast and thank you for everybody who listened and uh, please please go check out the movie Come Play It's on digital and DVD and Blu-ray, um, it's awesome. So everybody, go check it out and uh, go check out Jacob Chase's other projects. And uh, he has a lot of short films on YouTube that are great as well. So thank you, Jacob, so much for being on the podcast.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's great talking to you.
0: Great talking. To you.